Amen. If you got your Bibles tonight, go to 1 Kings chapter number 17. 1 Kings 17. How many of y'all enjoyed the service on Sunday? Man, I had a, I had a good time. Uh, I tell you, I enjoyed the singing. Um, I thought the Lord moved and man, I just, I was thankful to be a part of it. And, uh, man, what a good service. And, uh, if we ever get tired of services like that, we'll quit having them. Amen. And, uh, but if we'll stay excited about services like that, I believe God will still give them to us. Amen. And uh, I'm thankful for the Lord. I'm thankful that he moves. Um, like I said, if you got your Bible, go to 1 Kings chapter number 17. And uh, in 1 Kings chapter number 17, uh, before I start reading, you, when I do start reading, you'll probably know exactly where we're at, uh, especially if you've done any kind of study of your Bible. Um, you probably or even listened to a lot of preaching in your life or been in church a lifetime. Uh, you probably know who I'm, at least who I'm talking about, and probably know the exact story that we're going to be reading about tonight. Uh, and that is the, the beginning of the ministry of Elijah. And Elijah is one of my favorite characters in the Bible. He was a great man of God. He was a, a very bold man of God, as we'll see right here when we go to read. Um, he is somebody that we can all look up to. We can all look up to his boldness and uh, his excitement about the things of God. He experienced things that we're going to talk about here in just a moment in his lifetime that one of some of us could only hope uh, to be able to experience in our lifetime. And uh, anyway, we're going to start reading in verse number one. The Bible says, and Elijah the Tishbite. Now, most of the other prophets, if you read uh, the other prophets, in the uh, Old Testament, most, as a matter of fact, most characters in your Bible, they'll at least tell us who their parents are. They'll at least tell us something about their family heritage, not Elijah. We just, all we know about Elijah is that he was a Tishbite, okay? And Elijah, the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab. Now, Ahab here is King Ahab. And uh, if we'll look back, well, let me just say this. So if you know, if you came to Bible college Tuesday night, which, by the way, if you've never been through our Bible college, you should. Amen. Um, but on Bible, at Bible college on Tuesday night, we got to talk about just briefly the life of Solomon. And to talk about the life of Solomon, we first had to talk about the invisible God. I don't know if you all remember this from college. Maybe you all do. We had to first talk about the invisible God. So before... Uh, Israel ever had a God, they, God was their king. And every king that they had from God, they moved away from God. Amen. And so they started out and God was their king. And they were just like us. They had to find something wrong with that. And, 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 and let's just be honest. They got to a point in their life where God wasn't enough. Uh-oh. Where God wasn't enough. They said, we want a God that we can touch. We want a God that's here with us. We want a physical God that we can talk to here on earth. And so God gave them Saul. And we all know how much of a disaster that turned out to be. And then God gave him or gave them David. And David was a man after God's own heart. He made mistakes, uh, but he was a man after God's own heart. He was a good king. And after David, David's son Solomon took over as king. And after David's son Solomon took over as king. 
a man by the name of Rehoboam, I think that's right, took over as king. And when he did that, after the reign of Solomon, Israel split into two kingdoms, the northern and the southern kingdom. Okay? The northern kingdom was evil. They never had a good king. Never. Okay? The southern kingdom had some good kings and some bad kings, but the northern kingdom had no good kings. And guess where Ahab was king? In the northern kingdom, okay? He was in the northern kingdom. He was a bad king. By the matter of fact, let me read you a little bit about Ahab in chapter number 16 and verse number 31. It says, And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, that he took to wife Jezebel. We all know Jezebel is no good. Amen. She was, uh, uh, she was from a country that celebrated idolatry and worshiped Baal. Okay. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And he took to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and listen to this, served Baal and worshiped him. Now this is supposedly a king for a nation who, like we talked about on Sunday morning, was what? A nation after what? God's own heart. These were God's what? Chosen people. And their king is worshiping who? Baal. What's going on here? Look what it says, verse 32. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which he had built in Samaria. So he builds an altar, builds a house, all for this little G God. Verse number 33. Look at this verse. This will tell you all you need to know. And Ahab made a grove. And Ahab did more to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger than all the kings of Israel that were before him. Man, what a testimony. Man, what a testimony. Man, I hope when I die that on my gravestone it doesn't read Dalton Harrington. Made God mad more than anybody that ever came on this earth. Amen. I hope that's not what is said about me. But that is what's said about Ahab. And it's written in a book that's been passed down for thousands of generations. And he's remembered today as an evil king that made God angry. Okay? So this this king, he was very powerful. And as I said before, Elijah was a very bold prophet, and we're fixed to find out all about that in verse number 1 of 17, chapter 17. I'll start from the beginning again. And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said unto Ahab, so now we know who Ahab is, terrible, wicked king, as the Lord God of Israel liveth. Now I'm going to stop right here and just say this. All the way back in the Old Testament, I'm just, it just, I like it that, it says, as the Lord God liveth. Amen. All the way back in the Old Testament. I mean, we ain't, we ain't even got to the, to the third day yet. And they already excited about a God that lives. Amen. I like that. Amen. And so the Lord, as the Lord God of Israel liveth before whom I stand. So he wants, to, he, he just goes ahead and clears him off his spot and said, Hey, Ahab, you might be serving Baal. But I'm serving God. Amen. There shall not be dew nor rain these years, but according to my word. 
Now, we read over that pretty easily, and nobody gasped, so I'm, apparently y'all didn't get what just happened. Okay? This man has never been mentioned in your Bible before. We don't know anything about Elijah. We don't know who his parents are. We don't know what his bloodline is. We don't know nothing about We just know the country he came from. He walks right into the king's room, the king's office, if you will, and walks straight up to him and says, Hey, it ain't going to rain. Because I say it ain't going to rain. And he turns around and walks out. I mean, this man wasn't scared of nothing. I mean, he walked straight up to the king who he knew was a wicked king, who he knew didn't want to have nothing to do with God. And he said, hey, Ahab, I got something to tell you. I serve God, the living God, and it ain't going to rain. Now, what was so important about him saying that it wasn't going to rain? If you look and you'll study Baal, Baal worship, Baal was said to be the God of the sky. Baal was said to be the god of fertility. In other words, he would Baal would make it rain so that the farmer's crops would grow and they would be able to eat. And so literally what Elijah is doing here is he's walking into Ahab's office, calling out Ahab's God and saying, Hey, I serve God. My God's bigger than your God. My God's the true God. Your God ain't nothing. Peace. And he walks out. Alright? And he walks out, and look what God says. And the word of the Lord come, came unto him, saying, look what he says. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, hire an agent, you're fixing to be famous. Is that what it says? It says, go, go open a couple bank accounts, you're fixing to get rich. Is that what it says? He says, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward. Look at these two next words, or next three words. And hide thyself by the brook Cherith that is before Jordan. I mean, think about it. He has just done something that's never been done before. If he was us, he would have came in there, said that to the king, Walked out. He probably couldn't have got his head back through the door out of the king's office. He was so proud that he was able to go in there and stand firm. You know, he was probably walking out saying, all right, Brother brother Trent, he was probably saying, man, I'm going to have meetings to preach from here to next year. When they find out how good of a Christian I am, when they find out how close to God I am, when I just walked in there and told that king how it's going to be, I'm going to be famous, right? That's what we'd have done. As soon as he walks out, after doing what God told him to do, God said, Elijah, go hide. I mean, could you imagine his head when he walks out and God just pop? Yeah, that sound, whoever did it. Yeah, that's it. And his, he was just deflated. Are y'all with me? And so God says, Elijah, I want you to go hide. I don't want anybody to know who you are yet. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I'm going somewhere. I know y'all think I'm silly, but just stay with me. Now we're going to get to where I want to get to. 
We're just going to glance over to chapter number 18 and verse number 1. So in verse number 3 of 17, what does uh, God tell Elijah? Go hide thyself. Chapter number 18, verse number 1. It came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year saying, what? Go show thyself. Go show thyself. Everybody with me? Go show thyself unto Ahab, and I will send rain upon the earth. Which, by the way, he shows up and said, there ain't going to be no rain. And then verse number 18, he comes back and says, there is going to be some rain. Okay? That was just one of the great things God used Elijah to do. Let me tell you about a couple other things. First of all, he says, there ain't going to be no rain. Then he comes back and says, there is going to be rain. He's the only man ever to call down fire from heaven. Only man ever call down fire from heaven. I ain't even got time to tell you the story of how he picked on the prophets of Baal and basically made fun of them and made them look silly because, well, let me just tell you about it. They were going to try to call down fire from heaven. And the Baal worshipers, they said, we're going to call down fire. And Elijah said, no, I'm going to call down fire. And they they tried their best. They tried their best. As a matter of fact, uh, Elijah starts barking at them and he starts telling them, oh, uh, maybe he's busy. Maybe your God's busy. He just ain't. Maybe he's got a phone call or something. If you'll look, which I don't, don't tell Brother Robbie. I'll read out of different versions of the Bible. Amen. But if you look in other versions of the Bible, Brother Trent, you know where I'm going with this. Other versions of the Bible says maybe he is sitting on his toilet. I am not lying. That's. I think it's in the NIV. That's what it's. That's what they think Elijah said to these Baal worshippers. Maybe he's sitting on the toilet. That's why he ain't answering your prayer. And then Elijah tells him, go get a bunch of buckets of barrels of water and pour all over the sacrifice. Because what doesn't go together? Water and fire. And so he pours water all over the sacrifice. Then he prays God sends fire down from heaven. The Bible says it licked up all the water and burnt the sacrifice. I mean, this man was powerful. Amen. John the Baptist was said to come in the spirit of Elijah. When Jesus was on the Mount of Transfigurations with Peter, James, and John, Moses and Elijah were there. Many believe that in Revelation, when it speaks of the two witnesses, one of them will be Elijah. What I'm, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is Elijah, we just find out about him in verse number 1 of chapter number 17, but he is fixing to take off. He is fixing to be a staple in our Bible. He's fixing to be from Old Testament to New Testament. He is fixing to be somebody, hey, we're talking about him here thousands of years later. We're talking about somebody that is of importance. Somebody that was going to do great and mighty things for God, but before he ever got to do great and mighty things for God, what did God tell him to do? Go hide yourself. Now, in chapter number 18, verse number 1, he's, he will soon give him the opportunity to what? Show himself. And let me just say this. There are going to be some great opportunities for you, if not already, to show yourself. Not for your own glory, but for God's glory. For, for you to be able to be used by God, God is going to have to take you out of your comfort zone. Amen just like he did Elijah as he walked into a wicked king's office and tells him how it's going to be. 
And God is going to use Elijah to do some great things. But before he ever does those great things, this is what I want to talk about tonight. He is instructed to go and hide. Go and hide. And I don't know about you, but if I was Elijah, I'd say, come on, Lord, I'm ready. Did you not just see what I did? I mean, Lord, did you not just hear the way I talked to him? Did you not see the authority and the boldness that I had as I stood on your word and told him exactly what you wanted me to tell him? Did you not see how ready I am? Lord, I'm ready for my next assignment. And God said, no, 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 no. Elijah, you ain't ready yet. You ain't ready yet. This is what I want you to do. I want you to go hide. Now, the reason that this hits home with me, because I feel like I have been here a bunch. My pride. Can I be just transparent? Can I be honest? My pride, Brother Frank. I say things like, Lord, I've been in church my whole life. I've been to Bible college. I've been to two different Bible colleges. I've taught Bible college. I've been an assistant. I've done this. Lord, I'm ready. And God says, no, you're not. You ain't ready. Go hide. Are y'all with me? Stay with me. Because it's not just preachers I'm talking about. Every, how many of y'all want to be used by God? Raise your hand. Hopefully everybody in here. Hopefully that's our desire tonight is to be used by God in whatever capacity he sees fit. And if you really want to be used by God, if you're really right with God, you should have that desire. You should. I don't think there's anything wrong, Brother Trent, with thinking, man, I can't wait until God turns me loose again. Not for my sake, not for my glory, but to bring him glory and to lift him up. I believe with all my heart, if Elijah was anything like me, after having this great accomplishment, after being able to be used by God like he was in verse number one, I believe in verse number three when God said, hey, go hide. I don't want anybody to know what your name is. I don't want everybody on Facebook to follow you yet. Okay? I don't want everybody downloading your sermons yet. I don't want everybody listening to you sing yet. Just go hide yourself. And this is what I want to preach on tonight. Everybody. Everybody say everybody. Everybody means me. Everybody say that. Everybody means me. If you're everybody, raise your hand. Everybody needs a brook. Everybody needs a brook. Let's read about this brook. Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the what? Brook Sheriff. That is before Jordan. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. So they went and did according unto the word of the Lord. For he went and dwelt by the brook Cherith. And that is before Jordan. And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So, what I want to preach on tonight, real quick, not going to take a long time. 
Everybody needs a brook. Everybody needs a brook. And I'm going to just go ahead and say this. After studying this and after looking into this and after digging into this, I don't need a... Elijah, he only had to sit by this brook once. I think I need to sit by it once a week. Amen. I need to sit by this brook once a week. I need, Brother Herman, I need to hide myself at least once a week and just get close to him. Amen. And so, number one, I want you to notice, I'm just going to give you a few statements tonight, some lessons that we can learn at the brook. Some lessons we can learn at the brook. Every one of us can learn these lessons. Number one, learn how to live when it's just you and God. Before God was ever going to let him call down fire from heaven, before God was ever going to take him to the New Testament, before God was ever going to do those great things with him, he had to teach Elijah how to live when it was just him and Elijah. You see, a lot of people, they want to be used by God and they want to do great things with God, but they have no relationship when it's just them and God. And listen, we all, including myself, we all need relationship with God when it's just you and Him. Because I promise you, if you've lived on this earth for any amount of time, there has already been a time in your life where it has been just you and Him. And I promise you, when you get into ministry, especially full-time ministry, there are days where you feel like, you may not, but you feel like it's just you and Him. As a matter of fact, David said in Psalms, No man cared for my soul. No man cared for my soul. Listen, David was a man that was loved by many, but in that moment in his life, he felt like, he felt like no man cared for his soul. And for us to be able to do the great things for God that God wants us to do, we have to learn how to live in those times where we feel like it's just us and God, I was reading this, and, and I don't, I'm probably dead wrong, and if y'all want to point me out, you can. But in chapter number 19, Elijah, the Bible says that uh, he saw an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Y'all remember this? Amen. And he saw, what, a fire. The Lord was not in the fire. What was he in? A still, small voice. And I wondered... Maybe this is just me. Maybe I'm cuckoo. I don't know. But maybe as he was sitting by this brook was the first time he experienced that still small voice. Maybe when he heard that still small voice in chapter 19, he took him back to the brook called Cherith where he was all alone with God. And the only thing he heard was that still small voice. Amen. We've got to learn how to live when it's just us. And God, I remember when me and my wife got married, and every time I say her while I'm preaching, her heart sinks because she's scared about what I'm going to say next. Amen. Well, I remember when we got married, everybody would tell us, my parents included, and by the way, if you're fixing to get married, this is great advice. They'd always say, hey, y'all don't have no kids right away now. Y'all take your time, enjoy what? Each other. Enjoy each other. And that was our plan. But then about a year after we got married, old Wyatt said, like Forrest Gump, you know, 
And there was Wyatt. But the reason people say don't have kids right away is because you got to learn how to what? Live with each other. Each other. And the only way for you to learn how to live with each other is for it to be just you and her. Amen. And I thought about that as I was looking into this story and I was thinking about how Elijah, God was going to use him in a mighty way, but God wanted him to make sure that he knew how to live when it was just him and God. They had to learn how to live together. Amen. Let me ask you this question. Are you taking advantage of the intimate time that you have with God right now? Are you taking advantage of the opportunity you have to have that time with God? Maybe he'll show you some things, like a still small voice that you'll use later on in your life. Amen. Number one, we've got to learn how to live when it's just you and God. Number two, you've got to learn how to take one step at a time. This is tough. Verse number three, the Bible says, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Cherith. That is before Jordan. He didn't say, Elijah, this is what I want you to do today. This is where I'm taking you. This is what's going to become of you. This is going to be your ministry one day. This is, I'm going to send you a guy named Elisha. He didn't tell him all that. He didn't tell him all that. Because if he was just like, if he was like us and God told us that, we would never go to the brook. We'd go straight to, we'd go straight up there and try to call down fire and we'd look like an idiot. Amen. Because we had not been to the brook yet. And God didn't tell him everything. Because he still wanted him to go to the brook. So this is what I want to get across to us tonight is sometimes God don't tell you everything. Sometimes God don't give you the whole plan. He just gives you step number one. And and, and if you're you're a man in here, you don't like to follow directions. Say amen, ladies. That was y'all's opportunity. Amen. We don't like to look at the instructions. We just want to go and do it on our own we want to figure it out if we got to put take it apart and put it back together four times just leave us alone just leave me alone sorry i was getting a little bitter amen we don't want to follow directions we just have to what we just want to look at that what picture just turn that box where i can see it baby i got it i got it hand me that wrench and then we get done, Brother Jesse, and there's bolts and screws, and I say, I think this is just extras. Amen. <laughs> How many of y'all ever done that? Be honest. Be honest. I think, they, I think they just sent those in case we lost one or two of them. Amen. I just need to see the picture, and I can do it, right? And then you get about halfway through it, and you got to take them apart, and then start all the way from the beginning. Why? Because we're so stubborn, and we're so focused on the end that we don't take it one step at a time. And if we're not careful in our Christian life, we'll do the same thing as we're eager, as we're, a Bible word here, zealous for the cause of Christ, and we want to do great things for God, and we want to do something special for God, and we want our lives to matter. Amen. And we chase after God with all we have, but God doesn't necessarily want you at the end yet. And so we must learn to take One step at a time. Sometimes that's the hardest, most difficult thing, but it is the simplest thing. The Bible says in Psalms 119, 105, thy word is a lamp. It didn't say flashlight. Amen. 
It didn't say, it didn't say a high beam. Your, your word's a high beam. It said a lamp. I don't know if y'all ever walked through the woods with a lamp. Good luck. Amen. Cause guess what you can only see? That next step. And the Bible says your word is a lamp. In other words, your word is going to give me just enough light that I can see this next step. And then I'm going to take the next step. And that's how God wanted Elijah to, to, to work. That's how God wanted to develop Elijah at the brook. He didn't tell him about the woman in Zarephath yet. He didn't tell him about all that. He didn't tell him how God was going to use him to heal that boy after he raised that boy from the dead. He didn't tell him about the fire that was going to fall from heaven. He didn't tell him how he was going to use him to tell Ahab that the rain was coming back. He didn't tell him all that. Although he was going to get to experience that. He had to just take one step at a time. And he gets to this brook. And I, I don't know if he, if he was like me. He was thinking, all right, Lord. What a brook. This is, this is amazing. What's next? And sometimes those steps are slower than others. Amen. And sometimes that one step, it takes a little while before you get that next step. But I'm just encouraging you tonight to just be faithful and be patient and wait upon the Lord because he is preparing you to do something great. I don't know about y'all. Maybe it's just me. I want to be used. I want to be used. I I can't stand the thought of sitting in a pew and doing nothing. I cannot stand the thought of coming to church and just sitting around and doing nothing. I want to do something that makes an impact for the cause of Christ. Amen. And if you're not on the same boat as me, you, this is probably going in one ear and out the other. But if you do want to be used by God, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know exactly how God sometimes will be so excited about something and God says, pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Calm down. It's going, we're going to get there. We're going to get there. Just calm down. Yes, tell me that a lot. Amen. Ask this question. Are you looking at the end? Are you looking at the end and missing out on the steps? I watch a hunting show. I love to hunt. I love to duck hunt, deer hunt, turkey hunt. I just like killing stuff. Amen. I'm a killer. Amen. I love to kill stuff. I love to hunt. I was watching this video or this hunting show. It's one of my favorite. My wife can't stand hunting shows. Amen. I love them. I, I, I just, I, I'm ate up with it. I just, a passion of mine. And one of the shows that I watch, they, their phrase that they say all the time, uh, they're, they're public land, brother Brian, they're public land duck hunters in Arkansas. And so if you know anything about Arkansas duck hunting, everybody in the world goes to Arkansas to go duck hunting. And the public land duck hunting, it's like, it's so packed with people, it's almost ruined, okay? And the reason they say this is because 30% of the time, 40% of the time, they don't even kill a duck. They don't even get what they went for. But this is their motto. It's not about the destination. It's the journey. It's not about the destination. It's the journey. And they preach it all the time on this video. They talk about, man, it don't matter how many ducks you kill. It's all about the camaraderie and spending time with your friends. And, and it's just all about it. Amen. But, man, what if we had that same attitude about our walk with Christ? It ain't about, listen, it ain't about my name. It ain't about how many people I can brag about that got saved in my ministry. 
It's about the journey. And whatever place is next is my favorite place. Amen. What if we had that mindset? So, number one, learn how to live when it's just you and God. Number two, learn how to take one step at a time. Number three, learn how to pay close attention to the exact, I'm going to say that again, exact placement of God. Learn how to pay close attention to the exact placement of God. Look what verse number four says. And it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook, and I have commanded the ravens to feed thee where? There. I have commanded the ravens to feed thee there. You know, God tells us along this journey in the Christian life, God tells us specific things in specific places that He wants us to be. And here's the thing. I heard a preacher preach on this one time. I wrote it in my Bible, and I try to live by it. I try to keep it on my mind. But this is the title of the message that he preached. Close won't cut it. Close won't cut it. I I urge people who are looking for a spouse, close won't cut it. Amen. If it's not who God wants you to marry, then don't marry them. Amen. When it comes to your job, close won't cut it. If it's if it makes you more money, but it ain't God's will, you're in the total wrong place. Amen. If Elijah would not have been exactly where God wanted him to be, he would have starved to death. Say, so how do you know that? Because the Bible says that he commanded the ravens to what? Feed thee. He said, hey, ravens, I want you to go to this address, take him some meat and some bread. Amen. And if Elijah wouldn't have been at that address, he would have starved to death. And so this is what I want to encourage you tonight on this journey that we're on. For the cause of Christ, when God tells you to do something, or when God tells you not to do something, you better listen, amen? You better listen to what He says. If He says, get there, then you better get there, amen? Cherith. If you look up the word cherith, the word cherith means to cut away. God has a purpose for you there. Maybe it was to cut away some things out of Elijah's life. Maybe it was to prune some things out of Elijah's life to make him a better and more healthy Christian. You know, pruning is not always comfortable. Getting trimmed back a little bit ain't always the best place to be. Amen. It kind of hurts sometimes when the preacher's up here preaching and he ain't just stepping on your toes, he's stomping on your toes. Amen. And God's saying, I want that. I want that thing in your life. And Cherith here, maybe for Elijah, Cherith, the word Cherith literally means to cut away. I wonder if God sent Elijah to the brook because Elijah was carrying things he shouldn't have been carrying. And for God to be able to use him to the magnitude that he was planning on, he wasn't going to be able to carry those things. We've got to be there. There is a place of pruning. Let me ask you this question. Are you exactly where God wants you to be tonight? Are you there tonight? Or is there somewhere else God wants you to be? Now, I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking 
maybe I'm not talking about your job, but you know what I'm talking about. God's been trying to take that out of your life. You've been saying no. Or God's been encouraging you to do something for Him. And you've been saying no. Listen, I promise you, I promise you, the best day of your life was when you say, yes, sir. I'll meet you there. Amen. Number four, we've got to learn to appreciate being fed and quit worrying about who's bringing the food. Amen. Verse number six, the Bible says, And the ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. If you're like me, you're like, what about lunch? Amen. He brought it in the morning. He brought it at night. He didn't bring me no lunch. Amen. We start complaining right off the bat. We start thinking about, Lord, I wish I wish you wouldn't have sent the ravens. I wish you would have sent them them uh, ladies that cook at Carter's. I wish you'd have brought me some of them uh, uh, black-eyed peas and some of them fried pork chops. Amen. And before we know it on this journey, on the way to where God wants us to be, we start complaining. We start complaining. And what, what God really wants from us is He wants us to just be thankful that we're getting fed. Amen. And God, the whole message tonight is this. Everybody needs a brook. And everybody needs a brook just to understand this. God can feed you no matter where you're at. God can feed you no matter where you're at. He can use somebody that you never thought he would use to feed you. Amen. I can tell you uh, stories and I can't tell you names. I wish I could. I can't tell you names. But there have been times, especially when me and my wife first got married and we was poor. Amen. We couldn't even afford the other O. All right. We was poor. P-O-R. Poor. All right. And we didn't have nothing. And I can remember thinking, Lord, I pray that you'd just, you know, just do something. And in my mind, I'm thinking maybe somebody uh, at work, you know, my boss give me a, a big bonus or maybe this or that. And I am not lying. Some of the, just I'm being honest tonight. Some of the people that you would think had nothing, had nothing, would come up to me and say, Brother Dalton, I don't know why. God told me to give you this. Hey, and I'm telling, honest, honest to you tonight, it wasn't somebody that you thought it would have been. What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say this. So many times on this journey for the cause of Christ, we try to start putting the puzzle pieces together. Oh, I know how he's going to feed me. Oh, I know how he's going to provide for me. Oh, I know how he's going to do this. And it ain't, that ain't the way he's going to do it. He's going to send a raven. And, and if we're not careful, we'll say, no, that raven ain't for me. God wouldn't send that raven for me. I'm, I'm Elijah. I'm Elijah. Amen. And maybe that brook is there to teach you that just be thankful for the food and quit getting so upset about who's bringing it. Amen? Amen. Amen. Learn to appreciate being fed and quit worrying about who's bringing the food. Ravens were scavengers unclean birds if you if you read about a raven they would steal food but god used a raven that would steal something to give something what i'm trying to tell you is don't ever doubt god he can bring something to you he can do whatever you need him to do i promise you i have witnessed it and i have seen it in my own life aren't you thankful god can take care of you no matter where you are number five learn to trust god 
This one's tough. Learn to trust God when the brook is drying up. Verse number 7. The Bible says, And it came to pass after a while, listen to what it says, that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Man, this could have been discouraging. Could you imagine? Y'all just picture this with me. He's there. He's there. He's where God told him to be. He's doing what God told him to do. He's laying by the brook. He's he's hiding himself. He's humbling himself. He's being uh, obedient to what God has told him to do, Brother Richard. And he looks over this creek one day, and it's flowing. And then the next day, he notices, man, it looks like it went down a little bit. About a month later, he's like, no, I'm sure of it. That thing's going down. Could you imagine having the own? There was a famine in the land. There was no rain. Okay, he told Ahab there was no rain. There really was no rain. There's a famine in the land. He's probably at one of the only water sources there is. And could you imagine every single day as that water level fell? Listen, if we're not careful sitting by that brook, we'll watch that brook. And it'll start going down and it'll discourage you. What are you trying to say, bro? I'm trying to say this. Maybe you have a job and it's drying up. Maybe there's people in here, you lost your job. The brook's dried up. What does that mean, brother Dalton? Does that mean God's done with me? No. God's still got something for you. We're fixing to talk about it in just a minute. Just hang with me. Learn to trust God when the brook is drying up. God allows the brook, listen to this, God allows the brook to dry up so we don't trust the brook. God allows the brook to dry up so that we don't trust the brook. So many things in our lives God gives us for a short period of time and if we're not careful, we can make an idol out of it. If we're not careful, we start depending on it instead of depending on God. I believe at the brook, God hears another lesson. He's teaching Elijah. He's teaching him, hey, look, I'm going to give you some things, but don't depend on those things. Just continue to depend on me. Amen. Ask this question, are you trusting God when things are dry? Lastly, and I'm done. Lastly, learn to be available and ready when God gives you the next there. Look in verse number 8. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell where? There. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman, where? There, to sustain thee. God will send you to a brook to hide you. And sometimes it just bursts your bubble. And sometimes it ain't comfortable. And sometimes you don't like it. And sometimes he teaches you lessons that you don't want to learn. Y'all ever been taught a lesson you don't want to learn? Man, my dad used to tell me, son, you got to learn. You know what I'm saying? I mean, y'all know what I'm talking about, son. You got to learn somehow. Yeah. I didn't want to learn like that. Amen. Y'all wouldn't believe us, but my dad, he was... He was uh, strict on me, amen. He was strict on me. 
And some lessons in at the brook we don't want to learn. We say, God, you know what? I, that's not comfortable. But listen, listen. Learn what you can at the brook because the brook is temporary. In verse number 9, God gives Elijah a new there. As he is developing him into the man of God that he wants him to be. And like I said, maybe this is going in one ear and one out the other for somebody in here tonight. But there, I hope there's a few in here tonight. I don't want to be average. I don't want to be just another Christian. I want to be something that God says, well done, thy good and faithful servant. I want him to be proud of the effort that I put in for him. Amen. I want him to be proud of the people that I reach for him. I want to make him proud. Amen. I want, to, I want my life to make a difference, and I hope you do as well. But on that journey to be used by God, we must understand that there will be some brooks in our life. But understand that the brooks are temporary. And that God may have you at a brook right now, but it is only because he is preparing you for the next there. So just be patient and trust him. Amen. Brother Jake's coming to the guitar. We're going to pray and get out of here. I hope, listen, I hope there's somebody in here. Maybe there's a young person. I hope there's a young person in here who just wants to be used by God. Listen, you can. You can. There's never been somebody that came to God and said, I want to be used by God. And he said, no, thank you. No, if you want to be used by God, he will sign you up. Amen. But understand that before he turns you loose, he's got to prepare you. And that's what I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you tonight. Don't get discouraged at the brook. Because there are several, several lessons at the brook that are going to prepare you for something great. God wants to use you. I don't care if you're 75 or 17. God wants to use you. God wants to use you in a mighty way. If you'll just, I can't remember who said it. Somebody's going to tell me after church. Maybe it was D.L. Moody. He said, it is yet to be seen what someone who is completely sold out for the Lord can do. It's yet to be seen. It's yet to be seen. Will you sell out for him? Will you get a heart for him? Will you get a burden for him this week? I want to be, I want to be used by him. I don't want to just be another worker at a job, get up every morning and hate going to work and be miserable the rest of the Oh, no, I want to get up with something to do. Amen. And I hope you do too. Listen, I just wanted to encourage everybody tonight. That's what the Lord put on my heart to encourage you. Number one, to have that fire and that zeal to do something for God. But number two, when God is preparing you for that, don't get discouraged. It's coming. It's coming. Sooner than you think. And one day you're going to look back and you're going to say, you know what? I wish I could go back to that brook. I wish I could go back to that brook again. That was a good spot. Right now you can't stand the brook. I'm just encouraging you tonight. Don't get discouraged. Take advantage of the brook. Learn all you can because God's got something special for you. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for your word. I thank you for Elijah.
I thank you for the obedience of Elijah, Lord, the example he set for us. Lord, not to get in a hurry, Lord, not to take, not to, not to hope for all the steps and all, everything to be revealed at once, Lord, but he just trusted you step by step, Lord, and I could use, I could use some of that. Lord, I pray that you'd help me with that, Lord, I struggle with that. Lord, I pray that you'd help us all, Lord, as we're at our brook. Lord, as we're at the place that you are preparing us, Lord, help us, Lord, not to get discouraged, but help us, Lord, to trust you. Lord, when the brook starts drying up, Lord, help us to trust you. Lord, when it ain't what we thought it was going to be, Lord, just help us to trust you. Lord, when somebody is feeding us that we don't necessarily think should be feeding us, Lord, just help us to trust you. Lord, we know that you see all things, you know all things. You have a plan. Lord, help us to trust that. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is a living word. We can apply today what was written thousands of years ago. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we leave tonight. Lord, I pray for Calvary Baptist Church. Lord, I pray for myself, Lord, to get a zeal like Elijah, to get a boldness like Elijah, to get a passion like Elijah had, Lord, to preach and to share the Word of God. Lord, help every one of us, Lord, to get that passion. Lord, help us, Lord, to, to bring people to you, not necessarily to church, but to you. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for everybody that's here on a Wednesday night. Lord, just trying to get closer to you. Lord, just wanting to worship you. Lord, I pray that you'd help us as we leave. Keep 